Hey, y'all, and welcome to the Final Warning Podcast. This podcast is for those who want to be informed for when truth is not as easily available as it is now. In addition, this is for those who want to be prepared for when the freedoms that we have now will be taken away in the near future. The word says that those who will endure to the end shall be saved. But I know that complete salvation is for those who have a perspective of preparedness. I am of the belief that we are already in the midst of dire times, and it is crucial for us to know so we can properly warn those whom we love. So please join me as we uncover what was once hidden and build up our faith to face what is coming. All praises to the Most High and all blessings, honor, and power be unto His Son, Yahusha, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all unrighteousness and to reestablish a restored relationship with the Father so we can be a peculiar people who are ever discerning the times that we live in. Welcome to the Final Warning Podcast. I'm your host, J. Iris Bryant. Um, it's been a little bit, but um, I'm back and I'm ready to talk about some things. This podcast this episode or segment is going to be a little bit different compared to the last ones that I've done in times past, because I'm going to talk about a few things uh, since the start of this year. There's been a lot of things that have happened uh, since my last one. Um, but welcome to episode five. We're going to get right into it. Um, with times like these, we need to pay attention to what's happening. We need the direction of the Most High, of the Holy Spirit, now more than ever, because of the ever-increasing deception that surrounds us continuously. Um, so I want to talk about um, this Asbury revival. I know I'm a little late on it, but I think I want to provide some perspective on it as well. Um Because I think this is important, especially with those of us that calls, call ourselves believers, uh, we need to understand certain things uh, that happen in this realm, especially in regards to, uh, quote unquote, Christianity. Um, but what is revival? This is what I want to talk about. I did a little research. Um, I want to talk about what is actually true biblical biblically based revival um so based on the bible and some things that i've researched online this is the conclusion that i come up with and i got this from um a website that um was looking at revival from a biblically uh based perspective and this is what i got i said revival Based on the Bible, is a spiritual reawakening from a state of dormancy or stagnation in the life of a believer. It encompasses a resurfacing of a love for God, an appreciation of God's holiness, a passion for his word and his church, a convicting awareness of personal and corporate sin, a spirit of humility, and a desire for repentance and growth in righteousness. Revival invigorates and sometimes deepens a believer's faith 
opening his or her eyes to the truth in a fresh new way. Revival helps us to rightly discern what values we should hold. Very interesting. I want to read something from the Christian Post that um, it gave some perspective on what was going on uh, during this revival that happened in Asbury, Kentucky. Um, this post that I'm reading from the Christian Post uh, online, they did some digging and some interviewing of certain people and, and individuals that attended this revival. And it's giving a certain perspective on the um, that's shedding light on everything that kind of happened down there and the um, I guess the intentionality and the spirit that was behind this revival. So I'm going to read some. Some copy from this post from the Christian post. Um, I'm going to get right into it. It says, Asbury University is part of what is known as the Revivalist Movement, a group of charismatic Christians who consistently attempt to produce revivals. The Asbury Revival started after a 10 a.m. chapel service last week, Wednesday. Again, this is during the time of the revival. So I believe this, this um, happened, like I said, in, in the beginning part of the year, I believe in February, if, I'm, if my memory serves me right. When a group of about 20 students and the worship team said they felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to continue worship past the end of the chapel service. The one student says the gospel has been consistently and explicitly preached since the beginning of the revival. Others contradict that claim. In fact, one former student who was at the chapel this week told me he rarely, if ever, heard a clear presentation of the gospel at the school. Hmm. Another student said, attending the cha few chapels I have at seminary, apart from one or two chapels that preach a biblical message of repentance, has always been about being who you are and God loving you as you are. There are a lot of messages that are about being true to yourself. Still progressive Christians like Tim Whitaker at the New Evan Evangelicals have essentially endorsed the revival after his visits to the chapel this week. Moreover, he says LGBTQ students at the school told him the university protects them from conversion therapy. According to Whitaker, the LGBTQ students who were worshiping at the chapel also say they're especially hopeful the revival will create progressive change at this school. Mm-hmm. So just from reading this article and um, understanding where a lot of these students are coming from and the, just the thing that they're saying, these are people that actually attended the revival. Um, I don't really see a whole, based upon the messages that are coming from the revival at that time, I, didn't, I don't see a whole lot of... Uh, repentance coming back to the father uh, a changing of one's mind toward righteousness um it says uh, 
at the end of the article, it says there are messages about being true to yourself and God loving you as you are. That's something growing up in church. Um, especially those of us that uh that grew up in black church. I grew up in black church, and there was a saying that they always had for those people, especially new members. Well, not necessarily new members, but people that were coming in, they're new. Um, or maybe people that may have not ever been to church. They're like, well, come as you are. You know, that was something that they would always say, like, come as you are. Um, and that's, and, and honestly, that type of sentiment is not wrong. Because God does beckon people to come to him as they are. There is no trying to get yourself right before you have a come to Jesus moment, so to speak. So we, we understand that because there's nothing that you can do by yourself that can make you any more ready to meet the father or make you fit to meet the father. So we understand that's a biblical concept. However, when it comes to actually meeting the father and having uh, your life changed, your spirit regenerated by the power of the Holy ghost, and you have been now inducted into the family of the most high into the family of the kingdom there now must be change that has to be brought about in your life so and essentially yes you can come as you are but you can't stay that way right i think that's that's the message that a lot of um people miss like a lot of us understand that but a lot of people actually miss that. Um, based upon what the students are saying, they said that this, these messages that are coming from these revivals is all about being true to yourself. It sounds like very much uh, new agey. It sounds very much new agey. I just want us to give a uh, give us an understanding of what's what goes on, okay, at these so-called revivals. And these students that um that live an alternative lifestyle hope that the revival changes people's minds toward their lifestyle and how they live. They said, and I quote, they want to create progressive change at the school. We understand where that word progressive comes from is a, is a very much political term. Very much political term. Uh, it was a term that was used a lot um, when I was a little bit younger. Um, going through high school, going through college. A lot of the political pundits would talk about the the progressives, um, people who wanted change. That was a I, that was actually a big, um, that was kind of like the slogan of 
the Obama campaign when he was running for op- office was change. Progressive. A lot of people have been making a lot of comparisons be- between uh, this so-called revival and the revival that happened back in the 70s called the Jesus Revolution Movement. Um, this was, uh, I guess you can say jump-started or led by uh, this man named Lonnie Frisbee. Very interesting how uh, the connections are connecting because um, this particular revival that happened in, at the beginning of this year happened at Asbury, Kentucky. That revival that happened in the 70s happened in Ashbury, California. I, I personally don't think that's a coincidence. Okay. I do not think that's a that's a coincidence. And a lot of people know of some things about Lonnie Frisbee. Um, and I'm also going to read a little bit of an article, um, that talks about a little bit of his life and the things that Lonnie was kind of caught up in during the seventies. Okay. Um, Let's let's look at this. It says uh, Frisbee's conversion to Christ included unusual circumstances. A spiritual seeker, Frisbee would often read the Bible while tripping on LSD. He claims he became a Christian while reading the Gospel of John on an LSD induced high while on a vision quest near Palm Springs, California. The group he was baptized. The group he was with baptized him. In Taquitz Falls, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, he later said that on a different acid trip after his conversion, he had a vision of a vast sea of people crying out to the Lord for salvation with Frisbee in front preaching the gospel. And a lot of what I've read uh, here comes from um, an article from David W. Stowe entitled No Sympathy for the Devil, Christian Pop Music and the Transformation of American Evangelicalism. It also says Lonnie Frisbee's lifestyle eventually caught up with him. He contracted AIDS and died of complications from the disease on March 12, 1993. <laughs> hmm. So this was a man that was kind of leading the Jesus movement. And and there was a movie that had come out not too long ago this year, 2023. Um, I believe it was entitled Jesus Revolution and talks and it talked about this. Um, Blondie, the guy who was playing Lonnie Frisbee. um, He was in the movie as well as. Another big name uh, preacher that's well known a little bit today. His name escapes me. But very interesting how you have someone that was an avid drug user 
as well as uh, someone who was was steeped in a homosexual lifestyle that was closeted, right? Um, was actually leading a quote-unquote Christian movement. So um, all this that I've read, uh, this is where we as believers need to be careful because all this that I've read reminds me of uh, Christian progressivism, which is heavily steeped into teachings of the social gospel. This is where you, you mix truth with error. And this is how a lot of people can be deceived. You'll mix a, a little bit of truth or even a lot of bit of truth, a lot of good stuff. But then you make some bad stuff in there and then you create a whole doctrine, a whole movement based on that admixture, not truth that is perfected, not truth that is pure, but an admixture of things to create a movement that is very appetizing and attractive to the modern individual. Um, so when you start getting into the, uh, the doctrine of where these movements come from, which is, uh, Christian social progressivism, um, you understand uh, a lot of where certain things and ideas come from. So this is a movement within a Protestant, uh, within Protestantism that aims to apply Christian ethics to social problems, especially issues of social justice. And um, Christian progressivism comes out of, uh, like I said, the social gospel movement. There's a little bit of good that has come out of that movement, though. We get um, from this movement, uh, from what I've read, this is where we get the abolition of the child labor that happened in the early 1900s and the establishment of a regular eight hour day. So you can thank your older Christian layman. Uh, during that time um, to give you some rest. <laughs> a lot of uh, Dr. Martin Luther King's rhetoric for the civil rights movement in the mid 20th century actually comes from the social gospel as well. However, the thing is, the problem that is with this type of perspective arises when you start focusing on the individual. Um, well, the focus is on more so a community. I'll say that the focus is on a community to bring about social justice rather than the individual needing repentance and receiving salvation. That's the problem. 
So when you have when you have a shift of focus, that's where a lot of problems and things can arise. Um, later on, I may do another. I may do another segment focusing more in depth of what uh, this social justice and the social Christian social progressivism, where it actually comes from and the root of it and how we get a lot of this is where we get uh, a lot of our prosperity gospel. Uh, this is where we get our uh, word of faith movement. A lot of the charismatic things also come out of that as well. So that's where the deception comes from. Um, like the rabbit hole, the rabbit hole goes really deep. Actually, if you start understanding and then you when you actually do even more research and again, I may do another segment where we delve even deeper and talk about the repercussions of all the things that come from this so-called Christian social gospel. Um, if you do more research on it and you understand uh, where the root of this comes from. You wouldn't be. Saying yes, or you wouldn't be in agreement to a lot of so-called movements that are on the horizon right now. People, a lot of people don't understand this, but even like I said, Dr. Martin Luther King's rhetoric that he spoke of came from this social gospel. But a lot of the things that we see today, LGBTQ, radical leftism, um, this pro-trans movement, a lot of a lot of that comes out of that because uh, the things that he was speaking back then opened the door for that type of mindset. And this is why we have so much, uh, I want to say, left-leaning or communism type of perspective uh, today, where people are like wanting that type of uh, government, wanting that type of rhetoric, with, even within the church. And I and this particular podcast is not right leaning or left leaning. I just wanted you guys to know that I don't I don't lean on any side. The side that I lean on is the, the side of the most high. Amen. Um, but I understand that the elite, they'll use a certain side to push. The things that they want onto the public. You know, when it comes to uh, the right or left paradigm, the uh, leftist type of way of thinking, uh, a lot of a lot of believers, you know, will say, well, that's not, you know, that leftist type of thinking is of the devil and it's super progressive and it's not it is not a it's not something that's God honoring. And a lot of what they say, I would agree with. But with the with the right paradigm or the more conservative approach, there's also deception that's there as well. Because both sides in some ways turn a blind eye to a certain type of evil. Okay. And maybe later on in another segment, we may talk more about the political stuff. 
But I want you guys to understand that these movements that I just talked about, a lot of it had to do with, especially the stuff that uh, has happened in the beginning of this year with this Asbury, Kentucky revival. Um, a lot of, and this are, these are things that I've, that I've read, a lot of people that were there, the preachers and the teachers that may have been uh, uh, teaching and preaching that were there, a lot of them had connections to the Trump administration. I'll say, do your research on that. A lot of them had connections to that uh, to that administration. Um, not only that, we're seeing a lot of uh, you know, LGBTQ plus partial teaching and understanding that are happening at these revivals. Now, I'm a believer that God can use whatever method that he wants to use to bring people to him. I'm a believer of that. Even things that may not be all the way right, God can use whatever he wants. And people can be brought out of certain things. People can be delivered. People's minds can be changed. I'm a believer of that. He can speak through a donkey if he wants to. We've seen that in the Bible. But that doesn't mean that we as believers should not be keen and aware of certain things that are taking place and certain agendas that may be at hand because uh, everything that glistens ain't gold. And most of us know that. Most of us know that. Um, Yeah, I'm trying to find my place here. So, like I said, this social gospel um, that took place uh, during the um, 19th century, early 19th century, laid the foundation for uh, democratic socialism, laid the foundation for LGBTQ equality, um, laid the foundation for support for a socialistic economy. And um, we're seeing, we saw a little bit of those elements in this Asbury revival. Um, all too often, this bettering societal problems comes with a caveat of an agenda that's being attached to it. And a lot of problems, like I mentioned, the powers that be turn a blind eye to or don't move fast enough to make right. Okay, and this kind of leads me into my next topic of uh, these train derailments that have been happening across the country that haven't been getting as much uh, attention by the news outlet. So, uh, not too long ago, I believe even in February as well, there was an Ohio train derailment um, that spilled toxic chemical waste um, plaguing the residents there and it uh, the the area that it hit and the surrounding area just was completely just wasted 
but apparently there was not as much focus being put on this uh on this derailment that happened in Ohio. People like the people can't drink the water there because every everything is contaminated. That's that's how bad it is. But no one no one is saying anything about what's. I mean, there's people that have been saying things uh, across the news, but it's it's been in like it's been like it's in passing. Um, and there's been a lot of trained aromas that have happened since the beginning of this year, like back to back to back, and a lot of these trained aromas have. Uh, are involved with chemical spills. So they're not just any derailments, like, I'll just, um, I missed a track, but like they've been involved with deep chemical spills that uh, hurt the ecosystem. Um, and like the lawmakers aren't really, like, they're, they're not doing anything about this. Um, so I just want us to be informed of the things that are happening. Like a lot of things that we see right now, they're, these things are not by happenstance. Okay. These things are not by happenstance. I was reading an article, uh, and these, and these train things go all the way back. Like these, they go back a few administrations, political administrations, I was reading an article for those of us that are so-called Trump fans. Um, the article said that uh, a bill was being delivered to Trump during his administration, during his presidency, that was to um, increase the number of checkpoints for trains. So that way, the number of safety checkpoints, um, he knocked it down, apparently. uh to increase the the level of turnover for these trains of going place to place but it decreased the level of safety okay but these are things this these are things that even happened before his administration as well so i just want you guys to understand there's a snowball effect to certain things that happen and how these elites do these things is they will plan these things in advance and they'll have a end game in their mind and be like, well, okay, we're going to allow certain things to happen. Then at this point in time, this is where it's going to matter the most. It's going to cause the most impact and it's going to cause the most affecting of lives in a negative way. And when I'm looking at certain reports, such as these trained derailments, I'm looking at patterns and I'm seeing that this is not by happenstance that these things are happening. This is all by design. Okay. All by design. Even when I, and a lot of people are going to get mad when I say certain things, even when I look at the uh, school shootings and the mass shootings, there are a few mass shootings that have happened. Okay. There is a, uh, I think I talked about this, a, school shooting that happened in St. Louis in Missouri. I'm from Missouri. In a in a uh school shooting that happened in St. Louis. Okay, that not that people are still have questions about. Like and then there was another mass shooting that happened not too long ago. 
I'm airing this on, well, I'm, I'm recording this on April 13th, 2023. So not too long ago, there was another uh, shooting. I forget in which, in which city. But I want people to understand that these shootings and things that happen, we, we have to understand that the U.S. of A. is the last country um, where there is still right to carry arms. Most countries in the world don't have the right to carry arms. Okay, that's why you hear of things that happen in Europe and uh, across that area, Eurasia, where you know, certain things will happen, but you'll see like mass stabbings or, you know, or people spilling chemicals on, on someone like in India, because most people aren't able to access, uh, weapons such as guns, rifles, machines, machine guns, shotguns. They're not able to access those things here in America. We still, for the time being, as of right now, are able to access those things, but the elites know that that is a problem if we still have the ability and the freedom to access guns. So what they'll do is they'll orchestrate certain things or allow certain things to happen. So that way, that agenda of taking away protection from the public can be. Can be done. Okay, I want you guys to please hear and understand my heart on this. Okay, a lot of the things that we see in movies tell us what's going to happen in real time. They say art imitates life. Here's one I would from dictionary.com. Art imitates life definition. Uh, observation. Yeah, we see that uh, even my <laughs> the, my computer came on. Uh, I guess they thought I was trying to talk to it and they're trying to interrupt my my broadcast. But anyway, um, what I was trying to say was that I'll, the elites will put out something, broadcasting it before it comes out in the public. Um, that's the nature of of spiritual spirituality and spiritual darkness. That's what that that's what must happen. Even in the Bible, it talks about before before God does something in the earth, He first communicates it through His prophets, and then once they communicate it, then it comes about. Same thing happens. In the real world, understanding that the quote unquote God of this earth is Satan, he communicates things first through his prophets. Who is prophets? Hollywood, political policies, legislators, producers, directors. Okay. Before that, Ohio. A train derailment happened. There is a movie that had come out. I need to. I need to figure out that movie. There is a movie that came out. Um. 
that talked about a train derailment that happened in that same very spot. In that same very spot. Let me see if I can look it up. Let me see if I can look it up. Yeah. The, in 2022, a film called The White Noise. It was shot around Ohio. Around the same area. Yeah, around the same area I'm reading on CNN. And it talks about a train derailment. <laughs> it talks about a train derailment that happened in that same spot. I'm trying to... um. I'm looking this up here. Adapted from acclaimed 1985 novel by American writer Don DeLillo. Okay, so this was a this was adapted by a novel written in 1985. Okay. And there's strange parallels of this movie compared with what just happened not too long ago. This movie called The White Noise details that same that same exact happening in the same spot. It's crazy. Very crazy. Um also you guys can do more research on that. There have actually been a number of train derailments before that and after that that have happened this year, just back to back to back of a number of chemical spills that have affected people's lives. Definitely research that, that stuff. Um, week ago or so, there was a murder. There was a murder of Cash App founder Bob Lee. Okay. Cash App founder. Um, Bob Lee, who helped launch Cash App, died in a parent stabbing attack in San Francisco. And this is according to BBC.com. B- Bob Lee was stabbed and pronounced dead on Tuesday of April 4th. Um, highly interesting and suspicious considering that the Federal Reserve will begin the formal certification of participants for launch of the government-backed FedNow service app. And this happened, I believe, in that same week that this man died. Okay, I want you I want you guys to see of what's going on. So while everybody's trying to watch your movies and 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 watching, you know, the. The sports shows and in a different um, what they say, the, the different. Reality TV shows and things of that nature. While y'all are doing that, all these things are happening. Okay? Killing folks. 
all these things are happening, the feds, the U.S. government is going to be launching their FedNow service app. Officially going to be commissioned in July. So the feds will now be switching to CBDC or central bank digital currency. And this launch will officially take place in July, will happen in stages. And this will have a huge consequence on privacy and freedom. Huge consequence on privacy and freedom. Um, so why are the feds doing this? Because they know that the dollar is about to crash. The dollar is going to crash. Your dollar is not going to be worth anything because it's not backed by anything. It's backed by mere words. Okay. At one time, our paper money was actually backed by precious metals, by gold, by silver. It's not, it's no longer backed by that. You know, a lot of countries outside of the U.S. are throwing their connection to the dollar away and switching to their own currency. Or they're switching to something that's more valuable. Our dollar is not meaning anything to anybody anymore. Okay. It's 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 not meaning anything to anybody. Not too long ago, there was bank foreclosures, bank closures that happened in California. I believe in Silicon Valley. I forgot which banks that uh that uh those the names of the banks were. Let me see if I can look it up. This happened in. um, Yeah, this happened in. In California. Where the banks are, are done, are done for. So all the people that had their money in their banks, they couldn't even they couldn't even get it. Or they couldn't even get it until a particular time. But that's what they always say. Try to keep people calm. But really, they <laughs> really when they say that, that, that means they're just trying to keep the money. You can't get your money out. Because um, it it's belongs to the bank now. Yeah, but this happened in Silicon Valley. Um, those banks shut down. And that's only the beginning. That's only the beginning that this is going to happen. This is going to happen all across the state where these banks are going to close down and you're not going to be able to get your money out. But it won't even matter because your money's not going to be worth anything. This is what is going to happen in the United States of America. Okay. Yo, your dollar not going to mean jack squat. So what does that mean for for us? So when all these things, so when things get switched over to completely digital a digital mode of currency where um your cash, your card is not even going to mean anything. It just everything is going to be on a, a digital app. Um 
there's only gonna be a small window before you're able to not well before you're not able to use your money anymore. So that small window is when you're gonna be using be able to use your money. When I say that small window, I'm referring to the bank closures. So all this is gonna be happening in succession. Where the FedNow app is gonna be rolled out not too long after that. I don't know when, but all these banks are gonna be closing down. And your money's not gonna mean anything. It's not gonna be worth anything. So all that stuff they were saying about Venezuela where bread was costing $200 over there. Huh. That's coming to a, a theater near you. That's that's coming here. Okay. So um, I believe that we as people of God need to be prepared for the things that are happening and not be distracted by the distractors that are in our media. Um, the Bible tells us to stay vigilant, to stay sober, okay? And that even in the times like these, that that it's going to be even hard for the elect, the very elect, to see the truth. Um, but it behooves us to stay prayed up, stay in our word, and to stay connected to the Holy Ghost. Um, we're going to be talking more about these things. We're going to be talking more about these things. Um, if you want to support this podcast, I'll be uh, writing how you can do that in the show notes. I uh, appreciate you guys joining me on this segment. The next segment, we're going to be talking about some more stuff and trying to inform us about things that are coming on the horizon. Um, so please stay tuned. Yeah, we're going to be, we're going to be seeing a lot more, a lot more stuff, a lot more stuff like these last couple, these last few years that we got, it's only a few years till we see a, a lot more things coming on the horizon that are actually going to be, um, very serious, I'll say that. So stay sober. Love you guys. I'll see you guys on the next segment.